wildfire situation. How much do you think this costs? I mean, obviously, uh, the government's giving an update in Ottawa today, and we're talking, I think there are over 3 million hectares of this country has burned so far. We've lost 150 homes in Halifax. We've lost some in Alberta. You know the situation here. Um, more than a million hectares in our province alone, thousands out of their homes for sometimes weeks at a time. Uh, fortunately, we haven't seen anyone killed in these fires. That's obviously the very small sliver of good news here, but there are costs, big, big financial costs. It goes well into the billions of dollars. We're going to chat with Mike Holden, who is the Vice President of Policy and a Chief Economist with the Business Council of Alberta. Mike, thanks for joining us. Appreciate you being here. Well, thanks for having me. So we're early. I mean, we, we just started June here. It's it's just the beginning of this fire season, of course, but already we're seeing another year, right, where, I mean, costs of national uh, natural disasters just continue piling up. First of all, how, how do you calculate it when you go into this is how much this natural disaster cost? Who did it cost and, and how do we get to that number? Well, you know, there's a lot of different ways to do that. And so there's no sort of one one widely accepted um, way to measure costs. And so one of the more common ways is to look at insurance claims and insurance losses. And so that's what we did in, in some of the work that we did, looking at what insurance claims were and, and what insured losses were. Now, that doesn't necessarily capture the entirety of the damage because, you know, things if you think about um, the fires in B.C. the other year, which disrupted rail lines mm-hmm. and disrupted roads. And so that kind of loss of freight traffic and loss of vehicle traffic those kinds of things are harder to pinpoint on the um, on the fire and harder to measure but uh, those are significant impacts obviously they're just um, they're, they're just tougher to, to, to wrap your mind around and so I think as a quick common thing uh, a common way of measuring it is insured losses is, is the is the most direct yeah exactly right and, and we can we can detail the who's getting the bill in that case but like you say there's so many other costs right I mean there's probably costs that don't even get wrapped up and trying to figure out who's paying all these costs Cost, like you say, it could be a long list of people affected. Oh, it's huge. I mean, if you think about any company in Alberta, for example, if we use this BC example with if rail lines are disrupted and, and roads are disrupted, so that means that trucks aren't getting through, means trains aren't getting through, which means Alberta businesses are, aren't necessarily getting the inputs that they need. It means consumers aren't getting the goods that they're looking for. It means that our exports aren't necessarily um, reaching tidewater in BC to be shipped out. And there's a whole huge range of costs. Now, the cost of these natural disasters, taking a look at the the, uh, the chart that you put out and the, and the documentation you've done, th- they're orders of magnitude higher within the last 10 years than they were even 20 or 30 years ago. Like, it's just, there's been this sudden spike. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the spike is that there have been a number of significant huge ones. I mean, the, the biggest was in, uh, the biggest one that we have on record is the Fort McMurray wildfires in 2016 with, you know, insured losses were $4.1 billion. I mean, it was a huge thing. And, you know, it's a lot of these are, it's, they're becoming more common and it's, it's, it's a climate change effect. I mean, this is something that, that is, we're seeing around the world. Um, weather events are becoming more severe and more common. And this is something that, uh, unfortunately looks like it's going to become part of our, uh, part of our reality. Um, in terms of the natural disasters in Canadian history that cost the most, I was shocked. They're all in Alberta. I mean, not all of them, but the vast majority of them are in Alberta from fires to floods. Yeah, there's, uh, you know, in the top 20, Alberta's got 12, which is not, uh, it's, it's unfortunate. I think, you know, one of the, the small bits of, it's not even consolation, but hailstorms in Calgary are, are yeah. very common on the list. I think, like I said, 12 out of the top 20 are in Alberta, um, most costly disasters. And of those seven are Calgary area related hailstorms. And that just happens to be because we live in an area, you know, just off of the foothills and there's certain unique wind and weather patterns that tend to happen 
here to make Calgary a, a major center for um, for hail. And so that's another thing as, as climate change um, disrupts, disrupts weather patterns that we're probably going to be seeing larger and more severe hailstorms in the future. Oh, yeah. I've been through a couple of those storms in Calgary. They are doozies, no doubt. So what does this mean for all of us going forward then, Mike? We know the cost grows every year and we're seeing more and more of these happen. So it's not slowing down. What does that mean? Let's start with insurers. Obviously, they've got to start recalibrating and recalculating how they handle this kind of risk. Oh, no, that's exactly it. And so there's two ways they can do that. Um, one is to increase the amount of insurance that they charge con- um, uh, consumers, households, and businesses. And the other is to stop insuring sure, sure. these kinds of things. And so, yeah, so there are huge costs. And so what that ends up doing is if, if, if people can't get insurance from um, from companies that are providing it, then they end up having to turn to government to be able to 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 provide um, insurance for that financial risk, and so that creates a public cost as well. Yeah, exactly. Like somebody has to pay that cost, and if the insurers won't do it, then we go that way. So, I mean, it, it, it all points to Mike. Things we've talked about so many times here. We really need to start thinking about how we adapt to this reality and mitigate these loss, right? I mean, we, we there's no stopping it at this point, but you need to try and, and minimize the destruction that it's causing. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and one of the areas where, where I think governments are, are most active in that is, is flood mitigation. Cause that one, there's something, you, you can do something about that. I mean, it's, it's not an easy task, but it's, it's, um, it's easier than dealing with hailstorms, for example. And, you know, with, with, when it comes to forest fires, I mean, that's, um, that's an issue where there are some preventative measures you can take. It's not an area that I'm an expert in. But, you know, the other thing too in, in Alberta is that one of the reasons why these fires are such an issue here is that if you compare Alberta to other provinces, our population is fairly spread out across the province. I mean, if you look at those electricity maps of Canada at night, um, basically the entire population is kind of huddled on the U.S. border across the entire country, except for in Alberta. And so when you get a lot more industry, a lot more um, communities that are close to where fires happen, we end up with a lot more human-related impact. Yeah, no question. It seems like it just gets worse and worse. Mike, thanks so much for the insight. I appreciate it.